Should be an exciting weekend of college football, though. Uh, nice to nice to have it back, and and we hope we hope the you know kind of complications that have happened so far will be the worst of it, and not kind of proceed to unravel. Let's talk about some different sort of football, Jan. A little bit of NFL. It's time to make our weekly picks. A reminder: Yannick's thirteen and nine. I'm sixteen and six with our records now. We have we've guessed the same number of teams. We even have it perfectly on where we're both picking six games and then we pick a game of the week that we're both picking. It's just, it's a beautiful, you know, uniformity. I, I really am. We have happy. our shit together in COVID yeah, times. Let's it, just say that. We haven't missed a step. <laughs> <laughs> Might have taken us a little bit to get there, but we are there. So there you go. watch out. But uh, yeah, why don't you pick the first game and we'll, uh, we'll knock these out. Tell the people how to bet this weekend. All right. Well, I'm telling you how to bet. I'm going to start with the obvious one. You know who you're betting for. The question is, do you bet as much as they're favored to win? It is the Chiefs versus the Jets. The Chiefs are favored 19 and a half points. Woof. Okay. So obviously the Chiefs are going to win and Mahomes is going to you know, have a crazy good game and that Chiefs offense is going to be great, right? And and the defense is going to absolutely swallow the Jets whole. I mean, the defense swallowed the Broncos whole yet last and they're not nearly as bad as the Jets. So they might have six defensive touchdowns. They might not put an offense out there. They might just try to score defensive touchdowns. That might be like the game plan, honestly. So I it's going to be a rough one for the Jets for sure. And uh, but here's the thing. Traditionally. Any team, and I heard this all over the news, so I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat it because I th- it's it bears witnessing. Every every team that that uh, is favored over 19 points, they usually don't cover that spread. It's such they a big use, spread to cover. It's such a big spread. That's 20. That's like that's 20 points. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so, that's why it's there because it's the fucking best right. team against the worst, probably. Yeah, I mean it's the best player against the worst team, so like there you go. But like I also think there's some there's some f- truth that goes along with the trend. You know, the Jets defense not as bad as the Jets offense. Like it really isn't. And the Jets defense, you know, can make stops. You know, we saw it already against my against the uh, the the Bills last last game. You know, the Bills did not have offensive power over them really. And 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 granted, it was a bad game for them, but. You know, if they can hold the Bills, they can hold the Chiefs a couple drives. So I, I think the Chiefs win by 18 and the Jets cover the spread. But I, I think I, I think that's what happened. Chiefs win. Jets cover the spread by by one and a half points. Hey, that's doesn't matter if you win by a minute or a mile. Winning's winning. Yeah, I suppose. You know, you know what that's from? No. <laughs> the, fast, the Fast and the Furious. Oh my gosh! You just made a Fast and the Furious After, comment. Duh, dude. This is a this is a very very pro Fast Fast and the Furious podcast. That's true. I mean, honestly, though, <laughs> at least uh, the original. Here, it's about yeah, that's end. fair. I mean, he, here's the uh, here's the fun fact for you today. I've not watched a single Fast and the Furious movie. Never, dude. So you don't know anything about brotherhood or family? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about brotherhood and family. Dude, not until, not I until you watched, dude. I not until you watched. You would think, dude, but you actually living through brotherhood and familyhood is not even close to truly knowing what it means. And you, you can only do that through watching 
Fast and the Furious and Vin Diesel talking about his group of friends. All right. Well, then you know what? For Thanksgiving, <laughs> the craziest group of friends ever. For Thanksgiving season, I'll watch it so I can give thanks to Brotherhood. That's what I'll do. It's all about Brotherhood, man. Oh my goodness, that's a great Vin Diesel. That's a great <laughs> Vin Diesel. I'm not gonna lie, that's really good. That's really. really it's just because I love Vin Diesel so much. Oh my I love goodness. I love any man that like can get famous and then it's just like you know um I really just want to do Fast and the Furious and Chronicles of Riddick movies and that's it right and you know I'll occasionally lend lend my voice to a tree character in the Marvel yeah. universe I'll play a nanny uh, for a a movie here and here and there but for the most part just just Fast and the Furious and and Chronicles of Riddick what a legend but. <laughs> Back to the, we are really just on the, on the, a random roll. We are letting the wrong topic. I, um, I, I, I think I, I think I lean towards, towards what you're thinking that that line is just so big and like the chiefs should beat the jets by 40, but anytime money comes into play with a team supposed to win by 20, like no, I, I kind of lean towards the jets as well. I'll start with my pack. We got the Vikings and the Packers. Packers are favored by six and a half. The Vikings led seven to three after the first quarter of the season opening game between these two. Green Bay proceeded to run off 22 straight points, and neither team has looked back since. Vikings are an absolute disaster. Mike Zimmer on the hot seat. Kirk Cousins, I think they're ready to send him back to Washington if they could. Green Bay trying to grab that number one seed. They do currently sit in the number one seed in the NFC, which would be big. We've seen before them crumble away from home. I, I think they need that that Lambo uh help. Um even if there might not be fans this year. I think with the motivation playoff wise and and I think that Tampa Bay, the sing of the Tampa Bay game I think is still still in the back of of Green Bay's throat. This is a division rival. Rodgers and LaFleur are always good against them. So I think Green Bay wins easy and covers that six and a half point spread. Right. So are you along the thinking of many people that the Packers are in desperate need of a trade before the deadline? I don't know if they're in a desperate need, but um, I I think it's something worth exploring. Like, you know, last time we talked about like the Saints, like I, I think the Saints really do need something. I don't know if the Packers need it. And I really don't even know if I if, if I do a trade as a fan, I kind of lead more towards getting help defensively. Um like, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to get Rodgers another weapon, but they still haven't had Devontae and Aaron Jones healthy at the same time. And I, I know they have had a lot of injuries this year, but I, I, they should eventually, you know, be healthy. And I, with both those guys, I, I don't know. Like, Rodgers has shown he can do a lot. So I, I think maybe it would be better to get more defensive help. But um, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see them explore a trade and, and try and improve the team. Right. I mean, I think Will Fuller, great, great player, Texans. Yeah, they are. talked about him on Get Up. And I, 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 I certainly wouldn't like be upset if they traded for Will Fuller, but I kind of think we might need a little more help elsewhere. Hey, there you go. Heard it from the true fan over here. Defense is what we need. Well, I'll go to my team. Oh, man, I'm so nervous for this weekend because it's it's our season. Our season can, might conclude this weekend. It It very well could. And uh, the betters have it concluding. Uh, it's the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, for the soul of the AFC East. I'm just going to get this out of the way. Tua Tungavailoa is not going to lead the Dolphins to the AFC East win. Is he going to do well? Yeah, sure. He will. But but I, think I get to talk about the Dolphins. <laughs> 
that's fair. But like, I, 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 I just don't think that people, I think people are giving Fitzpatrick a little too little credit about what he did with that team. And so I don't see them really being in the race. I mean, you can talk more about that, obviously, but I think this is really it. I mean, the best coach in this division, you know, possibly in the league, possibly of all time and, and against the best team in the AFC East. That's what it is. And the Bills are the better team offensively. And right now they even look the better team defensively. So it it, it does seem like the Bills should be favored by more than four, but there's a reason they're only favored by four. It's because Bill has more to prove in this game than ever before. And he has, and Cam Newton has more to prove in this game than many times before, you know, maybe one or two other games in his career. But I think, you know, talking about get up, I, I, I take Mike Greenberg's stance. Like, I, I, I know I'm a fan, but you heard me crap on them last week with the 49ers. I, I, I'm not, I'm not in happy land. I don't think that this is a season for us, but I do think I'm not ready to see what's in front of me until they lose this game. Then I, then I, then I say, you know, pack up the bags, let Jared Stinham see what he can do. You know, we're going for a low pick or a high pick, you know, low, low finish, but you know, they have to win this game. They have to win a game. Are you picking the Patriots? Are you picking the Bills? He's I'm just circling around it. He's just circling I'm around the Patriots. It. One last time, Matthew, I'm going with the Pats to cover and upset the Bills. You know, they've had the Bills number before. They'll have it again in this game. Let me get, let me have one more. Let me have a long monologue of hope for the last time, Matthew. All right. Let me have one more, one more monologue. It's going to be the last one. It's gonna be. I, th- the I think uh, you and Greenberg and and that minus four line are all are all living in the past from from five years ago because I I mean I, I get it. The last twenty years we've seen the Patriots beat the shit out of the Bulls or the Bills. Pardon me, but the Patriots aren't a good football team. The Bills, yes, they looked bad against the Jets because they didn't try. Like I think it's even more obvious now that they that they were you know Penn State. They were looking ahead to this game. The Bills have shown they are a legitimate team. Like we we wondered if like last year Josh Allen took them to the playoffs and we all still were like they're not really that good of a football team. They are now. Like they the Bills have proved it. Most of their their two losses I think were the Chiefs and the Titans. The Titans hadn't played for 2 weeks. It, I think I think Bill is going to draw up a game plan that keeps the Patriots in it far more than they should, but Bills are going to win this game. We'll see. They uh, Patriots have to, so that's why I think they win because they have to. I don't think that they win the AFC. They East. can have. They can have to win all they want. That doesn't mean. That doesn't mean shit. <laughs> I've seen a lot of teams have to li- have to win. Yeah, and sometimes the team that has to win pulls it out out, out of the will, and that's what I'm hoping well, for, and that's yeah, what I'm betting well, yeah. for. This la- this one last time, this one last time. Cam Newton's had a whole week to practice with the Patriots. You know, he doesn't have any COVID shit going on anymore. I'm hoping that that provides us some good luck. Does recovering from COVID, do you get like three good wide receivers after you recover? Is that, is that oh, one of the side okay. effects? Because, not, because okay. uh, other, otherwise. <laughs> all right. Let's all calm down here for a second. Let's all calm down here for a second. Let's not beat up. Somehow develop, develop. Oh, no, but weapon. I I'm nah, saying right. that. I, I know what you're saying. I'm moving on to the Titans and the Bengals. Titans favored by six and a half over Cincinnati. Burrow and the Bengals. Been an absolute blast to watch. This season certainly has got the skill to keep the Bengals competitive in basically any game. But I kind of think this is one of the games where they don't stand much of a chance because Titans and Mike Vrabel, they they play a methodic game. 
old school ideas centered on defense in the running game. Ryan Tannehill is just control of that offense uh, and, and that offense's ability when it's ticking to control the pace of the game is, you know, going to prevent Burrow from throwing the ball around the way he wants to and getting comfortable. So I, I think, you know, Joe puts on a, a nice show and looks good in this one, but Titans just have too much and are just as a football team as a whole, just far more, you know, they're just leaps and bounds ahead of a Bengals team that is rebuilding. Even, you know, we, we, we know that Burrow is, the quarterback for the future, but this team had had more than just quarterback issues. So Titans win easy in Cincinnati over Joey. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, we saw Burrow lows against a slightly better defense, but a much worse offense uh, in the Browns last week. And it might be a shootout again. We'll see. Probably not. And I, I, I just that Bengals defense against Derrick Henry, that's, that's appetizing for Titans fans. So I, I think that, that alone could decide the game before it even needs to become a shootout. But yeah, of course, Burrow looks good. He's going to throw for over 400 yards. He's probably going to throw a couple late game touchdowns. But yeah, I agree. I, I take the Titans in that one as well uh, in a comeback win after last week's uh, disappointment. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go to the Raiders versus the Browns. We just talked about them. Had the win against uh, the Bengals last week in dramatic fashion, OBJ going out, Baker Mayfield throwing five touchdowns in the wake of that injury. It's Derek Carr against Baker Mayfield in an AFC divisional clash. You know, Josh Jacobs, how can he do against that strong Browns defensive line? You know, Mayfield, is he really better without OBJ? Does he spread the ball around like he did at the end in the Bengals game? You know, I think I, I'm going to go with the with the Browns. You know, I think the Browns D is is better than we give them credit for. I think they hold their the Raiders' best player, you know, Josh Jacobs, to a modest game and not a crazy one. So I think the Browns have it easy here, really. I, I, I think I trust Mayfield to really learn from what he did last week, you know, spread it around. I think he's got a lot of playmakers that he's just starting to play with. So I, I, I have the Browns covering the spread, continue their march towards the playoffs, uh, and I think in this game, we see that the Raiders are far too inconsistent to make the playoffs. People were, were thinking they're a dark horse, but they're not. They, in, in all reality, Josh Jacobs is a great player. Derek Carr is a decent quarterback, and that's about it. Yeah, I think, I mean, the Raiders, I think, have, have surprised us all with their play. They've been better than we expected and, and did get that nice win over KC. But I think I think particularly that, that nice win over KC has kind of Got, that win was given too much credence as them being like a legitimate playoff team. They still got a ways to go, but it is nice to see them being a lot. I mean, there was those first few years with Gruden and the Raiders. You were worried that like this was the whole thing was just going to be a constant mess. And it's nice to see the team actually competing and winning games. And for sure, that, especially especially with their move over to Vegas. For sure, you like to see it. You like to see it. Surprised by the line on this one. Got Indianapolis in Detroit. The Colts are favored by three points. Indianapolis four and two. Detroit's three and three. Detroit's at home, but the Colts are the favorite. Uh, I, I think if you, if you can't tell, I'm taking the Lions in this one. I, Indianapolis, I, great team, great defense. Rivers has been quite disappointing. Not not the quarterback they were expecting him to be, and the quarterback that I I, I thought. I mean, you knew he wasn't going to be what he had been with the chargers, but you'd hoped that he had had a little bit left and, and more than what they had quarterback wise. And he just really hasn't given them that, but the defense has been great. And as I said, I mean, they're still four and two uh, they're in a lot of close games and we know how much Stafford and the lions like close games. I think 
Colts lead this entire game until the final minute when Stafford finds Kenny Galladay for a win and Detroit moves to four and three and, and continues their push towards a playoff bid. Right. I agree. I, you know, chargers, I mean, kind of like the bears for me are, are like a team in the lead, but like haven't really been that team that we need to see. I mean, I, I mean, you look at, yeah, I, I just don't think a team has challenged them as as vertically too as as the Lions will with Kenny Galladay back in business, you know, with Marvin Jones being there. And also the Colts D thrives on the run defense. And like, let's be honest, the 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 Lions don't have the run offense that that they are gonna like it's not like their run offense is the focal point, is what I'm saying. So they're gonna have a way to get around that. You know, they have Dondre Swift to get around that as as like the pass catching back. And it's gonna be a lot of Stafford throwing the ball. And I think that's gonna only be good for the Lions right now. I agree. Surprising. I mean, of course, they're four and two. They have a winning record. I get it, but they're good. I just like just surprise. I mean, if the Lions were like one and five, I would get it more. But like the Lions are a gate would be like standings wise would be a game behind them and they're playing at home. And it's not like the Colts, like you said, like the Colts have not been the most impressive four and two team. I think like I think they're a really good team, I, but they're not like I don't get right. this line. But I'll, right. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. And I, man, if I was betting, I'd go take Detroit all the time. Of course, Detroit also is <laughs> Detroit's probably gonna lose this game now. Right? Yeah, ready to disappoint you at every angle for sure. Hey, as long as they lose by two or less, that's fine. there. You go. That's fine. That's fine. They'll lose by safety. I get it. I get it. Um. But yeah, I'm going to go on uh, to the Chargers versus the Broncos. Obviously, Justin Herbert continues continues to surge, you know, show favored us that. Favored again. Favored again against the Broncos. I mean, I'm not surprised. The Broncos got manhandled against the Chiefs, and they didn't even get manhandled really by the bad. They didn't get manhandled by the offense. They got manhandled by the defense. So I and like the Chiefs defense maybe better than we give them credit for. Fine. But, you know, it's not the Steelers defense. You know, I, I think that, you know, the Broncos show that they have they they're just not healthy enough and they're not ready, you know, for games enough to, to really compete as, as maybe we think they can. And that Broncos defense is going to keep them in it for sure, always like they have in the season. But, you know, Justin Herbert's surge is just too strong right now. You know, I think three and a half. Is, is a good line. And I think Justin Herbert, you know, beats that, you know, he t- I, I look for him to further establish himself as the Chargers franchise man in a hard fought, probably low scoring game, uh, but against a hapless Broncos offense, you know, I, I, I see this one finishing like 16, three or something like that. I, I, I think that it, you know, Chargers defense good too. So they're, they're facing another good defense. And I don't think the Broncos offense has showed me anything that says they can turn it around after that last game. So uh, that's what I have. Chargers cover the spread barely and beat the Broncos. Justin Herbert, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, I mean the Broncos are horrible just with their current current state of thing. And like you said, mostly it's injuries. I do also think mentioned Vic Fangio last time. I just I I just don't think he has the capability as a head coach to make his offense as efficient as his defense. You know, like I think. Sometimes guys are really, really great coordinators and not great head coaches and vice versa. Like sometimes head coaches aren't good coordinators. So <coughs> still, I, I wonder how many, uh, like as bad as the Broncos are, I wonder how many rookie quarterbacks have been favored at Mile High Stadium because it can't be a lot. Right. I mean, I'm sure that not having too many fans kind of 
factored into that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you mentioned Miami earlier, Jan. They were going up against the Los Angeles Rams. Rams favored by three and a half in this one. Hell of a first defense for Miami to throw Tua into. But I guess, you know, sometimes better to uh, learn just getting thrown into the fire and, you know, baptism by fire, as they say. I guess it's not going to get worse than Aaron Donald. So I I suppose there is is something to be said for that. Excited to see what Tua can do. But I, I also agree with you. You know, if Fitzpatrick was playing this game, that three and a half point line, I, I think I would probably take the Dolphins in an upset. I think they could get it, you know, and they're they're playing so well. Um, I think the Dolphins D can certainly hang with Goff and, and those that offense. That offense is such a regimented offense that the, the Dolphins will be able to to hang with the play action and the, and the run game. But you know, in the end, it, it, I have a hard time believing a first time starter is going to be able to overcome a defense that has Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey. That's asking quite a lot of Tua. So I do think the Rams win this one and cover that three and a half point spread. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. You know, you, you can't, you can't, my, we're talking money involved. You can't bet on Tua. We haven't seen anything from Tua. You know, we barely saw him at the end of the last game. You know, it's good that he got his picture on the field, but really that should have been the end of it unless the Dolphins were out of it. Like, let's be honest. And I think this is going to end up being a bad decision for the Dolphins. I'm not saying he's going to get hurt or he's going to do terribly, but I just, I just think that it's, yeah, just think it's a bad decision. So, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he could, this is how pe- names are made. It's, it's, it's a destiny m- matchup. So maybe he comes out and surprises us all, which we wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, another big line, Buccaneers versus the Giants. The Buccaneers are favored <clears throat> by 12 and rightfully so. You know, Tom Brady playing some of the best football of his life. The Giants still trying to decide whether Danny Dimes is their man or not. You know, Bucks defense, one of the best around. It's it's a no-brainer. The Bucks are going to win this one. I mean, you're just looking for Brady to dissect a very average defense. <clears throat> Danny Dimes is going to get sacked at least three times uh, with that offensive line and how bad it is. And uh, yeah, Bucks are going to win. And I think uh, they cover the spread and win by two touchdowns. So I think they win by 14, cover that 12-point spread. It's high, but I think it is earned. And that's where I'm going. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Unlike the Chiefs, too, like I feel like the Bucks, the Bucks are still trying to, like I think, I think they're trying to win by as many style points as possible in each game. Like I think they're trying to show off and and show how good they are. So I, I think they want to take this opportunity to blow out the Giants and blow out the Giants. Um, there you go. Got a, <laughs> a big NFC matchup here. It's new, actually. <laughs> I should talk about this game second, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go into this one. New Orleans against the Bears. The Saints favored by five and a half on the road into Chicago. Another game where the Bears got a chance to, you know, shut up some doubters uh, that they've accumulated this year, even though they are five and two. Now behind in the NFC North, uh, a game and a half, I think, behind the Packers. Maybe just um, a game. And, uh, you know, we'll be in a tight wildcard card race with how the NFC is looking. Um, way the Saints have been playing hasn't been as, as good as we think they could be and should be. We've talked about that quite a lot this season with the Saints. It kind of feels like a broken record. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a lesser form of Drew Brees and, and this offense than basically any form of Nick Foles. I think the Saints win. That five-and-a-half line is a, a tough one because Chicago's defense at home it is, you know, fearsome, and, and you never know what that Chicago weather can do. Um, especially with a, a quarterback that's losing a little bit of the the velocity that he normally has as a quarterback. But 
I'm going to stick with the Saints to cover that five and a half points and uh, knock down the Bears a little bit more. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is the Bears' chance to make us all shut up. So I, I, I hope they go out there and play. I always love a team proving proving everyone wrong, but nothing showed me in that Rams game that they're ready to do that. And the Saints' defense is not poor by any means. So, you know, I think, you know, Michael Thomas obviously out still, um, or is he returning this week? I'm not sure what the what I the. I think final he may is. return. He may return. But, well, regardless, you know, Michael no, Thomas no not. Yeah, not being 100% even if he returns. So obviously the Saints offense still not what they need to be. But I think it's enough to move past Nick Foles and the Bears. So I like that pick. My big game that I'm covering, an NFC West clash. I It's, it's a more important one than th- people realize, you know, because Seahawks coming off a loss to the Cardinals that no one expected in the NFC West, right? And now they go right back up and play another NFC West rival. And it's the 49ers who kind of have found a little bit of their mojo uh, since all those injuries. And it's a big clash. You know, both teams need to win it, uh, you know, to keep up. Not like that the Seahawks are keeping up. They're obviously in the lead. But like two straight division losses, that's hard. That's a hard one to do. So I I think that they do need to win this one uh, to make a statement and to keep their division record good. 49ers obviously need to win their last place. They've been decimated by industry injuries, and they need they need to turn around, and this is just the place to do it. You know, I think the 49ers defense, regardless of losing the players that they have, they're still formidable, you know, and I, I, I think that the offense is enough to, to beat that Seahawks defense. Obviously, Seahawks defense getting eaten alive, and I think that Garoppolo and Kittle can do what, um, uh, what Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins did uh, obviously the other game, I think they really can. I, I just think still too many injuries for me to bet on the 49ers. I, I choose the Seahawks to cover the spread barely and win on the back of Russell Winston once again. Yeah. I mean, that, that NFC West is ferocious. It, it is ferocious. Niners sitting there in fourth and they, they were in the Super Bowl last year and right. flew th- and flew through the NFC like it, they weren't right. really challenged by anyone. And th- there's a reason this is a minus three spread for the Seahawks. Like it's not the Seahawks should have such a higher spread considering their record and considering how good Russell Wilson is, but they don't. So you know that's the reason it's going to be a tight one. But I think the Seahawks cover it. All righty, my last game before we get into the game of the week is you know Sunday Night Football. It's a battle for the division lead. You just have to try and forget that it's the NFC East that we're talking yeah. about when that I say the division is, is right. Yeah, Yeah, that is what the sound should happen anytime we have to talk about an NFC East game. Just be like, yeah. you're going to you're gonna need an ambulance because this is exhausting and these teams suck. A, a combined record of 4-9-1 in this oh hot division race. Oh, God. Dallas onto the third string. Ben DiNucci making things somehow even worse down in Texas. Philly, I mean, you know, it, at the end of the day, Philly really is here because of injuries. Carson Wentz has has made poor decisions and tried to do too much. But if Philly was healthy, I, I do think they would look a little bit different. They're getting healthier. Difficult to put faith in, in Carson Wentz to beat anyone by 11 points. The spread, forgot to mention that, I apologize, is 10 and a half. But we saw Washington just fly by Dallas. I, I think Dallas is just in such shambles. There, there's obviously a disconnect in the locker room. 
there's there's injuries, there's guys just not playing well. I mean, everything that can go bad for a football team is happening to the Cowboys. Um, so I, I think Philly does win pretty easily. And hopefully for Foles, I mean, this is the perfect opportunity to get back into a rhythm and get back into a groove and take down an easy opponent and kind of start reaching those maximums that we've seen him before as a quarterback. But uh, yeah, taking, taking Philly as hopefully they can start looking like a semblance of a football team and, and give us somewhat of a decent division winner out there in the East. Jan, we've picked our games. Now we're going to go pick the game of the week. It's a pretty easy pick this week. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers six and zero against their big division rival, the Baltimore Ravens sitting at five and one, the Ravens, the latest line has them favored by four and a half. Jan, what are you seeing from this game and who do you think is going to win? I mean, a Titanic clash in the whole of the AFC, not just the AFC North, but, it, it, you know, obviously the AFC North is what we're going to talk about because it's such a divisional importance as well for both these teams. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's the team that we expected to be the AFC North leaders versus the ones that want to be, you know, so it's going to be a really great uh, match, you know, of. And like I love it because it's 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 a game that we've looked forward to in the past. You know the Ravens and the Steelers, the defenses. We love it. I mean, it used to be Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger dueling it out. Obviously, Benny's still there. Joe Flacco has moved on to greener pastures. Um, but <laughs> that was great, guys. He plays for the Jets. That was amazing. Um, only only but- literally, not not metaphorically. No, it's been terrible for him since leaving for sure. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I think that it, it, it's going to be really, it's going to tell us what we can expect from Lamar Jackson this season. I really do. Because, you know, I, I, we, I've had questions about the Ravens offense. I'm not saying they're bad, but I've had questions. You know, they're just not as dominant as last year. And so you have questions when an offense that was as dominant as they were last year isn't. So they ha- they get to play the best defense in the AFC, possibly in the entire league, and they get to play a quarterback who's competent enough to play with them, you know, and 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 keep up with them even if they're doing well offensively. So it, it's a big test for the Ravens. As for the Steelers, it's a big big personality check. You know, they want to be that team in the AFC. They want to say we got our quarterback back and now we're the team in the AFC. They want to be better than the Ravens. They want to be better than the Chiefs. They want to be that team. They want to be the undefeated team. So for them it's a real big personality check as well as a really important game for them to make sure that they hold on to that division, you know, and 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 don't fall into any kind of wild card war. Not that I think the Steelers will, but I'm just saying a loss could start a lot of things, especially if it's a divisional loss. So it's going to be great defensive game. I think, you know, I, I, I see, I think the Steelers have a better defense and quite honestly, right now, I think they have a better offense. So I think the Steelers cover the spread. Uh, you know, I think they win by a field goal and a tough defensive slog. So again, I'm not saying that they blow them out. Um, but I, you know, I'm going to love this game regardless of who comes out of it. It's going to be a real fun one to watch. Where do you see it happening? Yeah, it's going to be a great one. It is kind of like you said, it's more of a um, offensive battle than than we normally see. You and me have differed on on the Ravens for most of the season. I don't. I'm not. I'm not perf- like personally worried about the offense. I didn't expect them to be quite the offense. I mean, every defense had the tape on on Lamar Jackson this offseason, so you expected defenses to have a little more to challenge them with. Um, and the way people have been acting sometimes too, it seems like the Steelers are 
leaps and bounds above the Ravens. Ravens are five and one, like a game behind them, and their one loss is to the defending Super Bowl champions. Clearly, Vegas thinks more that same way with Baltimore being favored by four and a half. They're a great teams. I think the Steelers are a better pass defensive team. Certainly TJ Watt and Bud Dupree are great linebackers, but they're more linebackers in, in the sense of, of the three, four where they're more pass rushers and not um, stopping the run game. So as great as they are at getting sacks, they're, they're not quite as proficient as stopping the run game, which I think is, is a huge aid for the Ravens, a team that wants to run it not only with Lamar, but with several different backs. <clears throat> and when they can get the run game going, their offense runs a lot smoother. So I do have Baltimore winning this one. I, I think they've heard a lot of the chatter of them not being that good. And if I was five and one and only lost to the chiefs, I'd be pretty pissed off hearing that. And um, yeah, it's going to be a great one. I, I can't wait for this, this game. And uh, it's it, cool. Like, like you said, now, now it's been and, and uh, Lamar, I, I think I mentioned before, just like how many, how many different Ravens quarterbacks have, has been Roethlisberger gone through, but uh, this is the first matchup between him and Lamar and, and it should be a good one. Um, and yeah, can't wait yeah. for it. It'll be great. It'll be great. I'm really excited. And like, I, like I said, I, I think I definitely have been a little too hard on the Ravens offense and, and credit. I don't think they're bad. I just, for me, I've seen, I, it, it's less of what I see from Lamar and what I see from some of the players around him, you know, like I don't see, I haven't seen J.K. Dobbins be that dominant back, so I'm not sure, you know, who's going to take over that bag. Not that they need it. They could use both, and that's fine. Uh, Hollywood Brown, I expected to make a big leap. He just hasn't, you know? And there's a reason they got Des Bryant is because they think that they could use an extra piece on the offense. So I think that they have something. Well, they, certainly, they certainly need a receiver. I think they've always needed a receiver. Like, Marquise Brown's going to be a great spread the field with that insane speed, but, like, he's not – He's not really a wide receiver one. So like the, the, the team certainly needs a receiver, but I don't think, right. and I get it. Like their offense was so explosive and so dominant last right. year that like now seeing it, you're like, yo, what the hell happened? But they're, they're doing fine. They are doing fine. Record wise. They're doing fine. And and they deserve the, they deserve the offense the is doing fine. Sure. It's not like they're like winning games and like these tight matchups, like Lamar Jackson's doing just fine. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jan, this is, this is a tough question. Um, but you are forced to answer it. I know. I know how much you like to circle around my tough questions, but not today. Uh, I like to give the fans like a good researched answer. That's all. All right. Let's not. Let's not. There's get a difference to it. between researched answer and, and circle around. But it, d- which division leader is going to miss out on the playoffs? None of them. I think if one of them does, it'll be the Eagles. But I don't. Th- I think all of them make it. I don't see any of them missing out. Absolutely not. Who Who are the division leaders right now? We have. We have the Chiefs gonna make it, obviously. We have the Steelers gonna make it. We have the Seahawks gonna make it. We have the uh, Packers are in the lead in the NFC North, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gonna make it. You know, Bucks gonna make it. The only team that I'm worried about, Bills gonna make it. You know, so like the only team that I think about that are worried about is the Eagles because you know that that whole division is is obviously a crapshoot. But the Cowboys aren't going anywhere, even with Andy Dalton coming back. You know, I mean, did you see that? Did you hear that interview with Mike McCarthy where the reporter asked him, I think the reporter asked him, is it different preparing for a game with Ben DiNucci than it would be Andy Dalton? And he laughed and no one laughed with him. Like he went, ha ha. And there was silence and everybody else went, 
what? And he's like, oh, was that not a joke? And he goes, no, we're not joking. The Cowboys are bad and we're asking you questions. So well, that is a stupid question. I mean, yeah, it is uh, a dumb question a, for sure. Rookie. Like, yeah, Mike McCarthy should laugh at that question. No, yeah. it's Andy Dalton's only a 15 year veteran and this guy's never played a game in his life. But yeah, it's the same. James Madison, what a school to go to. No, but I mean, I, I think the Cowboys can't go anywhere. Washington's the one team that I think could get it, take it away from the Eagles. I, I, I still, I need to see more for them to believe that. And I think Carson Wentz, you know, I, I think he's got, he's got it going now. You know, I, I have lo- liked him in recent weeks more than I did. So I think all the division leaders uh, make the playoffs. If, if you have a gun in my head, I have to pick one though. It's the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, Hoping that Jan was gonna have a little fun with us here, but clearly not, guys. <laughs> no, hey, I'm kidding. You know what? I'm, you I'm don't kidding. I'm kidding. Not kidding. to run around. I'm, I'm relax, relax. I'm kidding. The clear answer is I mean, the clear answer is obviously Philly, uh, partly because they struggled, but also because, like you said, the other leaders of all these divisions look so strong that, so like, strong. <clears throat> even if you were like maybe would lose the division lead, it, like a Steelers, you find it hard to believe that they're not going to make it as the wild card and like. They would only be losing the division to Baltimore, not, you know, a bunch of schlubs. I did make a choice, though, that wasn't Philly just because I wanted to answer. And and out of all the other seven divisions, I think the team surprisingly kind of with the best chance to not make it is the Seahawks. And it has more to do with the rest of their division than it has to do with Seattle. Obviously, they're a great team, but sitting five and one, they're not running away with this division right now. The Cardinals and the Rams are five and two. They're a half game behind them. San Fran, as we talked about before, four and three, getting a lot, lot better. Do I really think the Seahawks are going to miss the playoffs? Probably not. But if I had to pick one of these division leaders, bar Philly, because that one's too too obvious, and you mentioned it already, uh, I'm, I'm going to go Seattle just because the NFC West is such a gauntlet of of good teams. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think. Oh boy. There would be fire in Seattle if they, if they, crazy. If, they if after this start, they miss the playoffs, let alone Russell like, Wilson is the like MVP the first five weeks and then they don't even make the playoffs. Yeah, that, that would, uh, come to New England. We'll have you. Absolutely. Come to, come to New England. That's what I'm saying to every quarterback. Come to New England. Come to New England. Dak, you don't like your contract? Come to New England. Come to New England. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that pick. I I think that it's 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 a well-researched pick. So I like it. I like it a lot. Obviously, the Eagles are the one that we go with. But yeah, that's definitely a good one. Yeah, I just want to talk around it a little bit, you know. Yeah, you know. Next <laughs> next question for you, Jan. Give me a, a first-round fantasy player, either in our league or just kind of like average draft position um, that's been the biggest disappointment to you so far. And And also for this one, not in like obviously Saquon would probably be the biggest uh one disappointment but besides like injuries just players that just haven't quite performed as well as their first round pick should be performing right I mean I'm surprised I'm interested to see what you answer this question with because for me I I think none of them have really disappointed uh, like without injuries like obviously Christian McCaffrey injured Saquon Barkley injured Michael Thomas injured you know you Dalvin Cook you know, injured for a little bit. And, and and he hasn't disappointed, you know, by all that much. Alvin Kamara, biggest, you know, best weapon in the in the league. So I wouldn't say him. You know, Travis Kelsey up until last game was killing it. I won't say him either. I'm going to go with, and only because when I went into fantasy drafts, right, and I saw this guy in the top 10, 
I thought, oh my goodness, he's going to be an absolute monster. There's no way. Otherwise, why would you pick a rookie running back in the first round, you know, with an offense that is notoriously explosive in different ways every game? So I'm going to pick Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's not because he hasn't done well. He's had double-digit games every game, so granted. But he only has two games with 20-plus points in points per reception, which we were expecting more from. And he only has really like two touchdowns. Now Le'Veon Bell comes in. He gets eight carries to 46 yards in their first game together. I think it's only downhill from here, you know, in terms of consistency. So, yeah, I'm picking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I I just think from a first-round pick, only two games, 20-plus. I mean, look at what Derrick Henry's done. Look at what Alvin Kamara's done. Everyone that's healthy in that first round has has done better than that. And Christian McCaffrey even before he got injured, you know. And so I'm going with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it is always a, an interesting thing with a with a rookie, pardon me, rookie pick, um, because you don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I personally think his job's okay, but but I went the same route with a, a Chiefs player, and I actually went Tyreek Hill. He went tenth in our draft, so he was the last person taking taking oh, yeah, the first go. round, but has not performed like it. And I actually was going back and forth between him and Julio Jones. Um, they've both been good but neither of them have been top 10 first round pick wide receivers at all. And, you know, partly Julio's has just been Calvin Ridley kind of stepping up and taking up that, that next helm. Tyreek Hill's still wide receiver one in Kansas city. And he just, he's been, he's been good, but he's ranked 11th as a wide receiver. I think he was the the third wide receiver taken in ours. And like I said, 10th pick overall, if you're not even going to be top 10 in your position, it's tough to, to really like defend you going in the top 10. So I went Tyreek Hill. I think, you know, I think both our picks, though, kind of show the point of just because someone's in a prolific offense doesn't mean they're going to be a good fantasy team. Like, I, 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 there's a lot, like, common misconception thinking that just because a team's good means they're going to be, have good fantasy players. And even vice versa. Like, there's a lot of good fantasy players on bad teams because they're such bad teams that they can just kind of go off. Um, but yeah, I think the, the weapons of KC are, have, have kind of hurt each other, but even Mahomes has been, he's been not okay. A, not he a great, great. Not, not what you would expect from Mahomes. Right. I mean, I was thinking about taking Mahomes first round, you know, that I was so like, I, I, uh, yeah, I think Travis Kelsey has been the only bright spot and even he had a bad game last week, but I mean, he's getting those, those, uh, Tyreek Hill targets, I think a little bit. So, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the strength of Kansas City and the bane of of their fantasy existence for sure. Absolutely, we learned it in New England as well. I mean, obviously not the same caliber of players per se, but happened in New England as well. Great team, could never trust a damn player on that team. Never trust any of them. So I, uh, yeah, happens there. But yeah, I think we both had the same thoughts there. And again, neither is super disappointing. Uh, obviously. Julio had a crazy game last week, uh, not last week, last night. Uh, so that definitely helps him a little bit. And, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Fantasy weird, weird season. Lots, so many injuries. I mean, I say that every year, but I mean, I was looking through the first round for a disappointment and I was like, can I say any of these guys? Cause they've all been injured. Like I can't say any yeah, of them. So many have been injured. It's it is. That's, I mean, I love fantasy and there certainly is some skill to it, but end of the day it there is so much luck involved too like if you took Saquon Barkley and then I, I don't know, Austin Eckler or something second round like that looks like a great team but if they get injured then you're screwed 
Jan, let's talk uh, offensive and defensive player of the year, dark horses. I will go first with my offensive player of the year. A little bit of home bias, injured at the moment, uh, which you know certainly kind of hurts, but I'm going to go with Aaron Jones as a dark horse offensive player of the year. One of the leading rushers in the league and yards and rushing touchdowns. Such a vocal point of that Packers defense or offense, pardon me. Um, and, and more so, like, for his case, Offensive Player of the Year-wise, it's not just the work he does in the running game, but it's in the passing game. I mean, there's times where he's the leading receiver for the Packers in games and is a crucial part of it in every game. So Aaron Jones is my – if he can stay healthy, is my Dark Horse Offensive Player of the Year. Jan, give me your Dark Horse. Wow. That would uh... – yeah, I mean, he it's so hard for a running back because he'd have to outperform Derrick Henry in like in everyone's eyes for him to get that award. So that's that becomes hard. But I, I, but I think I like he could. Play. Like, I mean, he. Can oh get, yeah, I like the pick. Touch, he can McCaffrey get as many touchdowns. Touch. Yeah, exactly. Because like Henry, Henry gets like the headlines, but I, I think Henry, I think Aaron Jones has a better chance to get it than Henry because like people like the passing game and Henry's not using it as much. Right. I mean, Aaron Jones, you know. Henry would need to break 2K to get the would need to break 2K. I think so. Which yeah, if he did, he like certainly could. Like if he if he did he, that, he'd he deserve he it. Have a chance, yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, I I agree. I you know if Aaron Jones can come back healthy and have a monster games as Packers come down the stretch here, definitely could see it. Love that pick. Don't mind the bias. I'm I I go with the bias all the time. Uh, every now and for then, my right? offensive pick, I'm kind of going bias, but. <laughs> but not really in the in in the same place as it usually is. I'm going Mr. Tom Brady. He's having one of his best seasons since he went perfect in 2007. His schedule only gets easier in the second half of the season. Granted, he plays some divisional games, but he's the favorite in every game, but one in the rest of his games, and that's against the Chiefs, which he could very well win. You know, his players are getting more healthy. They will get more healthy down the stretch. You know, he, he's had the injury bug even along with his great numbers going on. Gronk's getting better. I mean, Antonio Brown, if he does absolutely anything, then 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 Tom Brady's only going to have more and more games like this where we're seeing him turn back the clock. And I think that he has the schedule to do it. So I'm going Tom Brady, dark horse offensive player of the year. I like it. Yeah, he's that offense is certainly starting to click and uh, they haven't even really all been healthy yet. So. The uh, old number 12 doing what he does. Jan, why don't you go with the, the dark horse defensive player of the year first? Right. Well, you know, all the talks about Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, obviously, but I'm going to go with DeForest Buckner from the Colts. I mean, he looks Hell yes. DeForest Buckner from the Colts. He looks good. That trade from the 49ers single-handedly changed the Colts defense to be as relevant as it is right now. You know, he's got that massive pressure force. He's got an amazing run-stopping defense. Uh, he's the lead of it. And, and you know, the Colts' offense is not as good as 4-2 and two should give them. You know, so and he's the reason they're 4-2. and two. Not him per se, but he his leadership in that defense, big reason why they're 4-2. and two. And if he can lead the Colts to the playoffs, you know, and with his tackles, and I think that that trade from the 49ers looks like one to celebrate for years to come. So I, I'm going DeForest Buckner from the Colts. I love that pick so much. I, I actually had like two sort of profiles made up, one for Buckner and one for Darius Leonard. So I will I will make the case for Darius Leonard. I, I kind of think Buckner would be the more likely one to happen because they do they do love those like sack numbers. So if he got, you know, 
bunch of sack numbers. I think it would be a great opportunity for him. But uh, I'll go with, go with Leonard. As you said, that Colts defense is just – it's really, really good. And it keeps them in in games that they shouldn't be in as Phillip Rivers just continues to dis- disappoint. They are still in that divisional race. I mean, Titans at 6-1, and one, they're at 4-2. and two. The Titans are a great team, but but a team that do feel like you could catch up to them maybe. Um, so I'll go with Darius Leonard. He's kind of that heart and soul. And when you got like a good defense like that, sometimes they do just go with, you know, the middle linebacker, kind of the, the quarterback of the defense. But I, I think I think I think Darius Leonard and Buckner both have have a great chance to it all depend on like how well the Colts do, like you say. Right. Of course. If the Colts finish, you know, eight and nine or, or eight and eight, it's like not it's not gonna matter. But you know, I think they can lead this Colts defense to being that defensive team, especially in the AFC you know, a, one of the best defenses alongside the Steelers, you know, I think it, it does a lot. And I think DeForest Buckner would be one of the main reasons they get there as well as Darius Leonard. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously the Titans, you are beatable. They, they, they are, you they know, are, they, they are. So like, the I way think they a lot, play, like they, they are, they are. So like, I don't think they'll, they'll lose that division, but man, can you, what a, what an upset that would be. I think they'd still make the playoffs, but I mean, what an upset that would be if the Colts came from behind and got it. Who was it? I think I swear it was someone on Get Up that was like saying the Colts should go trade for Matt Ryan, which Ooh, would be which would I be know. awesome, right? I, I mean, I that. I don't think it'll probably happen. I think Matt Ryan probably still is on one of those insane contracts where it's just like trade wise is is so difficult to make happen. But because it sucks, like Philip Rivers has been so disappointed. You're like. You so didn't even need, like I said, like you didn't need him to be like the, the best form of Phil Rivers. You just need him to be better than what they had. But Jacoby Brissett. But like yeah. I like Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett's fine. Honestly, I would rather, you know, Philip Rivers get a little injured and let Jacoby Brissett take over that offense for a game, honestly. Uh, he was not great last he was there was so much hope for him last year and he was so underwhelming. But that is the end of our sports talk, Jan. Another great week of lots of football, both on the pitch and the field. Big UFC stuff. Another massive retirement. Crazy to be thinking about that. So now we get down to our cool down section of the episode. Uh, Jan, tell me what your favorite Halloween costume ever was. Okay, so I have a question for this. Are you talking about that I dressed up as? Yeah, you wore. Yeah, that you wore. Gotcha. Okay. So... (laughs) Although I, if you I, have, although if you have like in your head an idea of like a really cool costume you saw one time, you're go ahead and share that at some point. <laughs> okay, I will. Let me start with that only because I, I I didn't have an answer for this one, and then I saw if you haven't seen Halsey the singer dressed up as the Corpse Bride for Halloween, and it looks oh yeah. Sick. It looks sick. You have to see it. Halsey as the corpse bride. It was like, I was like, damn, that's the best costume. I've, that's like the best makeup anyway I've ever seen. So I really like Halsey as the corpse bride. But for me, uh, for any of you Iowa people listening out there, uh, my sophomore, no, was it junior? Yeah, my junior year of college, I dressed up as John Cameron for Halloween. While, oh my God. While, while Mark Saladino dressed up as Paul Kalina. And oh my God. It was... Uh, I had I uh, I got the walk down and everything. It was uh, it was iconic. I'm pretty sure they found out about it. I never really figured that out, but um, I hope so. It was great. 
I, it was great. I had a great night at the Habitat that night for sure. If somebody told me they dressed up as me, I'd be so fucking pumped. I'm sick. Yeah. Why? But that's awesome. Right. It was it was so much fun, and uh, it was a lot of acting involved too. So, and also all my other costumes, I I dressed up as the lamest things. I was like a greaser like four years. I was like the guy from Scream a couple years. Like you know, like it was fine, but you know, nothing too ecstatic to be. What about you, man? Yeah, I'm I'm insanely lazy with costumes. One of my last years in Iowa, I was three hole punch Matt, like three hole punch Jim, because I just I just, wow. too, I'm just too lazy. That guy. Yeah, dude, I don't I don't like to put that much money and effort into it. I'm sorry to go to an overcrowded bar. I'm out. That's fair. But uh, back in the cut, I had a Darth Vader costume that was dope as hell. I had you know the full mask and the cape, and of course I had the red lightsaber so that was i felt like a total badass i did have to like take off the mask halfway through halloween because it was running you know your child just running around like a maniac but uh a great great costume darth vader one you know who two two people who have like the coolest costumes are always tim legler the espn nba analyst he loves halloween and like always has a cool costume and like decks his house out and then Heidi Klum. Heidi Klum always has. Oh like, yeah, she has crazy, costume. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've seen some crazy ones. I would Which, have to like, look them up again. If I was one of, the, like, if I was them, like, if I was loaded and had, you know, cool hookups and makeup and costume, I would hundred percent go like, all out. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like, why wouldn't you? You have like all the tools at your hands to be make like the best Halloween costume. But I love it. All right, Jan. The next Halloween question, we're keeping it all Halloween-centered here, as it is, you know, the holiday. We are going top five power rankings of Halloween movies. Give me it from five down to one. Do you want me to go five to one, or you want to switch off five? five? Well, let's switch off. Well, you share your five, I'll share my five, four, four. Yeah, let's do that. Beautiful. I like that. Okay, so at number five, I've got a shocker, and it's because it's personal for me, and that's why it's going to be here. And that's fine. That's fine. Uh I have Zuby, Scooby-Doo Escape from Zombie Island at, oh, at number five. Oh, a classic. A classic. Oh, it's so good. I watched it again this season. It holds up. The music is badass. Like, the storyline, badass. It's just like, I I will never stop. The the, the setting of Louisiana, maybe want to go to Louisiana, you know, and, and like, I love yeah. it. Scooby-Doo Escape from Zombie Island, number five. It's that's a, such a good movie. Great choice. I went I go went kind of like kid nostalgia with my my number five as well. I went with the the Disney Channel original movie classic Halloween Town. Yeah, there you go. I, I was like, I can't make a, a power ranking list of Halloween movies and not put Halloween Town on there because I watched that. I, I mean, that it was on Disney Channel all the time, but I guess I watched it all the time because of that. But yeah, number five, Halloween Town. Beautiful. Okay, at number four, I'm going Disney Channel, and it is Hocus Pocus, another Solid. childhood. Solid. I mean, you got Bette Midler in there. You, you know, you, you you got everybody that you could need. Great storyline. You got the, 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 the zombie who is just the funniest fuck in the fucking movie. I love it so much. He's so... Uh, what's his name? Bob or Billy? Billy. Billy's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's a great Real. movie. You got to... Yeah, it's a really great movie. Got to watch Hocus Pocus if you haven't yet. Nine, number four. Yeah, that's... How have you not seen that movie, quite frankly? 
That's fair. That's fair. You didn't have a good uh, childhood, and I apologize. Yeah. Number four for me, not a little, a little uh, more serious than Hocus Pocus. This, I guess, you know, you could argue this isn't a Halloween movie, but it is for me. I went with Psycho, just because you know, it's kind of you know, it's borderline, but but I count it because it's one of those original sort of death on screen and just those iconic scenes. I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for the old the old school. Right. I mean, we love it. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Uh, I hey, love Psycho. Obviously, Alfred Hitchcock at his best for sure. Uh, at number three, at number three, I went Scream, the original movie, Scream. Nice. From 1994. I mean, I know it's ridiculous and it's like a play on the scary movie. So sometimes it's it's so good. It's so good. And guys, so good. The vi- I'm not, I, I mean. No spoiler alerts because it's been out for 20 years. So no, but like the whole villain, the whole villain reveal in that movie and how fucking you crazy already, they are. You already talked. You already talked about it. I already talked about it. Yeah. yeah Matthew Lillard did not. Uh, Matthew Lillard in that Spoilers. movie is so good. And like the whole, every, every death is good. And it's, it, it makes you, I love it. I love it so much. And I, I'm going to go with scream at the number three. Good choice. I love that. Uh, I, I, number three, I've gotten more to the, the classic, I, I went with Jason Voorhees and Friday the Thirteenth. I remember watching—I don't know if it was the original one, but I was like eleven or twelve, and it was—it was one of the Friday the Thirteenths on like Spike TV. And me and my but my like friend were watching it, and he picked up a, a young lady in a sleeping bag and just smokes her against this tree like over and over again. And we, you know, we're old enough to understand that movies aren't real and are cracking up because we're just like this is the most absurd death i've ever seen and i've always loved jason and his insane deaths and inability to not die i was watching jason takes manhattan the other day terrific terrific film yeah well it couldn't have been in the fun fact for everyone in the first friday the 13th jason Voorhees is not actually in it until the very end he doesn't actually do the killing it's the mom that does the killing. yeah right yeah so but all the any any movie with Jason actually doing the killing is fucking hilarious. They're hilarious. It's, all, it's They're so, so funny. funny. It's Jason so funny. goes to space. Have you seen Jason goes to space? No, I don't I think that. It. I don't think that's the name of it because that sounds like a. Uh, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> that one dude who always has? Uh, I can't even think of it. But all it's, the movies, yeah, hilarious. For, uh, yeah, honorable mention for Freddy versus Jason. Where yeah. it, that's such a good movie. It's so bad, but it's so good. I, it's like it's like everything you want out of both of them, but like just in an action packed like we just need to make a movie here kind of situation. I love it. Right. I love it. Did not make my top five, but definitely honorable mention. All right, at the number two, I went classic, uh, like you did with Psycho, Night of the Living Dead, George nice. Romero's classic. Oh. I mean holds up to the I love zombie movies oh it, zombies are the way to go I don't know why it just is though I I I, uh, I love that movie I watched it recently actually and it just holds up to this day uh, great movie all around so George A Romero's Night of the Living Dead zombies as they were supposed to be very solid gotta gotta love the classic Romero but I yeah I do I love all zombie movies. I I didn't put like 28 days later on here. Cause I'm like, I don't really watch it that much for Halloween, but I love that movie. As far as like scary horror films that, that would be in my top, that'd probably be like my number one, but 
it's not quite Halloweeny enough. Number two, I went with your number three. I went with Scream. I like. Yes. It, it's just a great movie. Like it's, it's awesome. It's like fun, but it's horrifying, and just the the self awareness of it like makes it kind of timeless. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's aged much at all, even though you can like see the age to it. Uh, so yeah, Scream Scream rules. Great cast and uh, a, a great movie. All right. Well, we might have the same number one unless you number didn't one. rank them at all. I'm going Halloween. 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 Yep. There we go, baby. It, like, Michael Myers is as, the boogeyman. As I was making the list, like I think that was the first one I put. I was like, yeah, it's like Halloween. Like it has it has to be. Right. I mean, it's just and it's so funny because it's another kind of I mean, because Friday the 13th is a very slow movie as well. Like very similar, but for some reason. I mean, the way that, uh, I don't know, just the way that uh, that Halloween is done, timeless to this day. I watched it the other day and was, and I was like, still, you know, edge of my seat. It's just so well filmed. Michael Myers is just like the perfect Halloween boogeyman. And uh, yeah, it, it's just, yeah, perfect Halloween film right there. Have nothing to say about it more. I was so happy that they got the the kind of redone sequel in the new age was also a very good movie. If you haven't seen the Halloween that came out a year or two ago, also very good. So Michael Myers. I didn't see that one. Again. I saw, I saw the Rob zombie. Oh, one. you didn't I see it. One. I, oh, and I need God. to, cause there's a, uh, gosh, what's the, that Danny McBride, Danny McBride was one of the writers, which was like kind of the reason I wanted to see it just cause I love Danny McBride so much. Right. I mean, they, they give you the sequel that that was expected 20 years later. I mean, it's it, like, it's none of this, bullshit that happened in some of the other movies that came after i mean it's really really like going off of the original storyline and well done i mean the ending that happens is just like oh there's this you'll see it it's great it's great it's great it's great that i won't ruin because that it has come out recently so love it love it go watch the new halloween if you haven't yeah yeah but the i mean the original is it's just the classic i mean I guess Texas Chainsaw Massacre like came out first, but Halloween set the bar for for sure. Eighties horror and all those crazy freaking slashers. Yikes! Yeah, that's so true, man. They rule. Well, Jan, it's time for for you to feel some horror. My <laughs> question time. Uh, spooky, spooky. First off, uh, Jan, I'd, I'd like you to I'd like to thank you for finally bringing Eastern Europe together. Uh, in a, a coalition to attack you, you were your attack on Eastern Europe is what finally brought that half of the continent to unite. It's taken decades, centuries, but <laughs> oh my gosh, are you getting text messages from the Ukraine saying we're getting this guy? Oh, this guy's dead. As soon as you're off, we got the target on him. So finish the podcast and get the hell Bel- out of there. Belarus, actually. Oh, Belarus, man, the yeah. Belarusians. Man. Yeah, you know them. They just love texting. All right. Quick fire questions. First one for you. What are you expecting for Mr. Tiger Woods at the Masters this November? What a sad question. Um, nothing. That's my answer. Absolutely nothing. I don't think he makes the cut to go into the weekend. There's nothing that has shown me that he will other than like hope that he does in the big tournament. I get that he's like waiting for the Masters to perform, and I'm sure he'll perform better. But I was looking at the U.S. Open to show me something. And he showed me nothing. So I'm going to say nothing. All right. Harsh. Rough. Taking down Mr. Tiger Woods at his his best tournament. He is the defending champ. 
You're right, and maybe I hope he. Pro- I mean, I hope to God he proves me wrong. But I have to say nothing at, at, after what I've seen. I have not seen one shred of evidence that he does something. Yeah, I mean, the Masters is such a weird one because it is like so, all the other courses for the most part. I mean, especially major wise, uh, it's always different. Where the Masters is the Masters, so it is the one course where Tiger gets to come there and and know what he's getting into. I mean, he plays that one as as much as any course in the world, but. You are right. It has not been the greatest season from Tiger, but we've seen Tiger not have a great season and then somehow pull something out at the Masters. I hope we're talking Time about that. Out. Time I will tell. All right, Jan. As of right now, where do you see Lionel Messi playing in a year? Uh, Barcelona. I think I, I, I still think he plays in Barcelona. You know, I think the damage has been done and it's going to obviously leave a stain on their relationship. But with the whole board resigning, that's what he wanted. That's what he mm-hmm. wanted. And you and he and I think you're right. I like as much as we don't think that things like this will like really affect a player and like playing better. He did. I mean, he looked like a new man. He, he looked did. like a new man. And so I think that that's what he needed. I don't think Ronald Koeman is the answer. So I don't think that the coach necessarily is going to be what you know does that. But I think that it's enough for him to stay. So next year he's going to be there. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I mean, it, it kind of felt almost over and done with and like, all right, like Messi's settled again, even before the board and the president all stepped down. And like, after that, you're like, oh, damn. So it is, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Messi does, you know, change his mind and he is getting into his, his later years. So sometimes players, you know, you never, you don't know what to expect from them. That's true. That's there's true. A guy down, I mean- there's a guy down in Tampa that we didn't, Totally expect to see playing in Florida this year. That's true. Ugh, don't remind me. <laughs> All right, Jan, last question. Do you think there's going to be any major players in the NBA this year that change teams, either in the offseason or kind of in the early season because just what this weird shortened offseason is, uh, could could see some more trades when play actually starts up. But do you see any any major guys, uh, Bradley Beal, someone like that, changing teams? Um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't know. I let me run through list of players in my head that I think might change. I, you know, Bradley Beal is a good one. I I think I don't know. I don't know what would keep Bradley Beal there. And I know that there's going to be tons of teams wanting him, and the Wizards are in need of a rebuild anyway. So crazy. it's crazy to me that he's still there, right? And so, I, and I don't think he has. He doesn't have the personality either. That's like, oh, but I love the Washington Wizards, so I'm going to stay there for the rest of my no. So yeah, I, they I, been I think good Bradley- enough. Like I think I like I could see Bradley Beal having that Damian Lillard like mentality, but like Damian Lillard at least has had Portland's given him some success to be like, yeah, I'll stay here. Like the Wizards have not. <laughs> right. So I'm going to say there will be some big players, and I think those big players will be Bradley Beal and Chris Paul. I think those are the two players that we see change pastures. Uh, yeah. I, I, other than that, I don't think so as much because of the shortened off season and because of like a lot of teams, you know, are kind of where they want to be in terms of the big players. Like you thought, you know, the Utah Jazz, are they going to lose Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell? No, they're doing well. They're not going to lose them. You know, the, the Denver Nuggets have two stars, but they're going to keep them because of how well they did. You know, the Clippers are keeping their stars. The Heat are going to keep their stars. So I, I think for the most part, stars stay where they are. But I think Bradley Beal, we'll see where he goes. And Chris Paul's definitely not staying where he is. 
Yeah, it, it seems hard to believe that that Chris Paul at least finishes the season in OKC. I mean, right. I they, he might start it. We'll to. see. But I, I, I wonder. Like, I feel like OKC has to trade him. They, they probably will have to trade him at and and not get exactly what they want back because you still you, you are trading an older point guard at forty million a year after the the COVID year. But they already have so many like picks and you know things to build on that I think they can afford to trade him and not get full value for what they normally would. You know what I mean? Just because they've already stockpiled so many picks with the Paul George trade and the Russell Westbrook trade and all that, that like they can trade Chris Paul for maybe not exactly what they deserve and still still be okay. Right. You know who I think could use them? I think it'd be nice to pair Chris Paul and Cat together in Minnesota. That might be interesting. I mean, Ooh, you know what I mean? Be, I, I like that too because I, I think D'Lo is somebody who is – I think he plays – better with a combo guard and Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul's a point guard, but Chris Paul can play combo guard. Like he can be a scoring point guard if you want him to, to be, that would be real intriguing. And they might, right. they, I might mean, have, they might have the, the, I don't know if they've got the cap space for it. I can't remember how much Delo's contract is, but that'd be cool. Would be cool. I'd be down for it for sure. All right, Jan. Well, that is the end of our wonderful episode. Thank you all for, sh- for joining us listening to us talk everything sports, giving you our NFL picks. Hopefully we can give you some good insight and make yourself a little money. Hope you're staying safe out there. Please wear a mask. Make sure you're voting. Hold the door open for old ladies, for everybody. Jan, you got any sage advice for our wonderful listeners here? Yeah, I wanted to say that uh, I, I, I've, I, on a personal note, this is going to be a little personal, but I recently started going back to therapy and I am just, and I've been to therapy before, so it's not something new for me, but I'm just astounded at the help that it gives you uh, in, in, in everything from like big problems to small things that you deal with from a day to day. So if you're anybody who's dealing with anything, especially in these times, I just want to kind of give a shout out to all of the telehealth options out there for therapy sessions. I had one recently. It's just like you're there, you know, and, and if you have the means to cover it with insurance, especially, obviously, that's that's something that becomes tricky. But if you have the means, I would say, you know, explore therapy in this off time and not off time, but you know, in these weird times, especially with the election to come is going to cause a lot of people stress regardless of what happens. So that's what I'm saying. Treat yourself well, try out therapy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think mental health is, it's one of those things where like people are like, Oh, these people deal with mental health, but nobody feels that way about physical health. Like we all understand that everybody has physical health to maintain and I think we need to keep moving more towards the, the thought that, yes, we all have mental health to maintain. It's not like, oh, that person deals with mental health. No, we all need to maintain our mental health. And as you say, it's a trying time to do that. That's why we like to talk sports and get a little bit of escape and enjoy ourselves. So thank you guys all for joining us. Take care of yourselves. Cheers, y'all. <laughs>